And then Magneto started making fun of the bands I listened to. And I said, well, what do you listen to? And he replies, heavy metal, you dipstick. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of What Geeks Do. This is episode 13. I'm Wild Doll Pizza sharing the mic with No Job Rob and Charles Monster Force Mars. So, episode 13, I'm excited. Yeah, finally. Yeah. I'm super pumped. Super, super pumped. pumped about the contest. Oh, there's a big contest tonight. Yeah. We have a contest? Oh. Yeah, why don't you tell the listeners what it's all about? It's all about winning. Yeah. Only the winning. <laughs> Nothing else matters in life but winning. Uh, we got a contest. It's called Get to Know Your Geek. And the three of us are going to represent you. Uh, Basically, we put something on, uh, we put like a little marker on our What Geeks Do Facebook page and said like and share and yeah, leave the best comment and we're going to randomly pick uh, so out of all the people that shared it, that supported us and tried to get the show out there. Each one of us on the show are going to represent you during the game and whoever wins out of us, you get to win a prize from Chris Facone. I think it's a single character. Uh, sketch um, on 11 by 17 paper of any character you want, and uh, we'll give uh, we'll connect you guys to after after the show is over and, and we tell you that you won. You find out in about two weeks from now, as in as in you would find out tonight. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> you might find out. Tonight. You're listening to it tonight, so at you the end listening. of this podcast, you'll know the, if it's you or not. Yeah. And the concept's really easy. If you ever watch Game of Thrones and they have the trial by combat and they select somebody to fight for them. Yeah. We're oh, fighting yeah. for you. Yeah. We're oh, fighting that's what for we should have called this. Trial by combat. Trial yeah. by combat. But it is called How Well Do You Know Your Geek? And it's our first mm-hmm. game show, mm-hmm. amongst others that we have planned. So it's going to oh, yeah. be fun. It's going to be a good time, and I can't wait to play. Mm-hmm. So how was your uh, week, guys? Very good. Very, very, very good. Yeah. Just hung yep. out, read some comic books. Oh, yeah? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you reading? We'll save for the comic book review. Uh, <laughs> you can drop it like that? Uh, you know, reading old stuff, but some current stuff too. Oh, yeah, we got a new segment tonight. It's, uh, mm-hmm. what do we name it? Comic book review with what geeks do. Yep. Mm hmm. So That's we're going to review um, some new, two new titles tonight. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Are we reviewing two or one? Just one, I thought. Uh, yeah, we only read the one. Issue yeah. nine? Issue yeah, eight issue. and nine. I'm hoping... I, read, I read issue eight. Did, okay. did everybody read issue eight and nine? I did. Yeah, yeah I read eight and nine. So we could probably oh. talk about both of them a little bit. Probably. So we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, you were mentioning something to me earlier, Charles Marsh, about uh, Sigourney Weaver joining the cast of Ghostbusters now. I didn't mention that. Rob did. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rob did? <laughs> Yeah, I saw that recently. Sigourney Weiner. Uh, now I'm a little confused. Maybe you guys can clear this out with me. Uh, what which Ghostbusters movie is it? The female Ghostbusters and male Ghostbusters? Is that is that true? Is there really two different ones? I thought that was a rumor. No, there is. Yeah, I, I heard that they were doing that. Like, I think it's is Columbia. Is that well? I know Columbia used to own the Ghostbusters thing. I don't know who owns Columbia now, but whoever's releasing those movies, I heard that they were doing uh, all male and like and that's like that's just ghostbusters you know <laughs> that's, 
That's what Ghostbusters was. They're doing an all-male and an all-female cast. Yeah, now I know they're doing the all-female one because, you know, they they uh, you've seen the pictures of the all-female cast. Yes. Whatever you think about it one way or the other. But whoever plans their promotional stuff for that movie is an idiot mm. because they sent, I don't know if you saw the pictures or not, of the the whole crew of the Ghostbusters girls, and they're at a terminally ill children's ward at a hospital and so it's like are they just basically waiting oh jeez <laughs> yeah that's pretty fucked up yeah like what's I guess the deal really... like, and there's like this one picture and it's got like the whole crew of the girls standing there like smiling making these goofy faces and stuff and there's some child in the background that is like obviously either drugged out of her mind with cancer medicine or She's about to die or something, but her like her eyes are rolled back in her head. Well, what are you guys talking about? I don't see any of that. I'll show you later. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get that picture when we were getting pictures. I should have said yeah. something then, but that's from the no, all female cast movie that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, there's like pictures, and here's the thing: like they're promoting this movie by going to a children's ward or whatever. Kids don't have any idea who the Ghostbusters are. Mm. Yeah, seriously, and that's this bad taste that you like yeah. you just said. They're waiting there for their ghost to pop up. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'm looking at I'm looking at the picture right now, and we'll post it on What Geeks Do so you guys can check it out when you go through our feed. Um, but it just I'm looking at all of them, and it looks like okay, it looks like Ghostbusters. I get it. They they're all Ghostbusters looking. But the thing that's weird is they all look like they have the same personality, like hardcore. Yeah. I'm gonna whoop your ass, jail jail people. Yeah, like they 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 all look like they were in prison and they were let out as the long jump. as they're as long the as they become uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Well, that was the thing about the original Ghostbusters; they were characters, and each one of them yeah. was different. But you're yeah. right in this particular picture. I can't tell them apart. Maybe right. they're wearing their prison jumpsuits. Like if you look at the two in the middle, okay, it's it's we're looking at the picture where it, they're standing in front of a car. It's the popular one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They both got almost identical looks on them. Like, who are you talking to? Who are you calling a bitch? Mm-hmm. They're all like, you and Alfie. You say something about my mama? <laughs> yeah. What do you say about my mama? And and then the one, what is that supposed to be like? The punk rock kind of version, all the way to the right. She's like, yo, on the wild card. She's like the tank yeah. girl version. Yeah. She's then, like the Egon from the cartoon version. And She's... then the tall one's like, I'll smash you like a bug. The 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 two in the middle are like, yo, which one of us the leader? You know, like I'm the leader. No, I'm the leader. Yeah, they battle. It's just, it's like, even the ghost is like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> ghost's like, yo shit, this thing this doesn't feel right, guys. Wait, wait, wait guys. Cut. Cut. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's what it looks like he's saying. What's going on here? Hold on. Did they do anything different with the um, the ghost mobile thing, whatever it's called? No. Uh, no. It's, wait, it's, actually, you know what? I think the top is a different color. Yeah, yeah, it's a different. Right. It's a different kind. I think it's, it's a like different a kind of car too. It made it like pink because it's female. It wasn't a hearse. No, it wasn't a hearse. It was an ambulance. It was mm. an old. Uh, I think it was a Plymouth. I think a hearse is kind of funny though. Yeah, they're Ghostbusters. Well, that's that's what they drive to the uh, the cancer wards with. <laughs> so wait, the, the, this all female cast Ghostbusters and the all male cast Ghostbusters aren't in cahoots with each other? I have no idea. I have no it's idea. It's very confusing. To me. I don't even know why. I, honestly, here here's my thing on it. I don't care. Oh no, 
I was into it. I was like, what are they no, going to do with this? Because I'm a Ghostbusters fan. I'm still going to yeah, see I'm a it. Ghostbusters. Just huh? based on, I, I can't just base it on this picture that I don't, I don't want to see this movie. But, I and just, I, don't, I don't even care that they're all girls. But like everything's redone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I would like it. to see. I think some of these chicks are sometimes funny. So I kind of want to see how they go. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm yeah. curious. This is probably one of the most curious movies I'm, I'm curious to see. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was curious, curious, it. curious, curious. <laughs> I was over it before I ever found out it was going to be an all-female cast because I was never crazy about the idea of doing Ghostbusters at all. It's like to me, when um, um, Harold, yeah, Harold Ramis died. Like that's when Ghostbusters died for me. Yeah. Well, was, the thing was they were talking about redoing Ghostbusters before he died, and that's when I got excited. Mm. And then he like died. Them, a, like them doing it? or Yeah, like people? the original cast. And oh, that would have been fine. And I was that like, oh, fun. that's cool. And then he died, and I'm like, oh, there Nothing's goes that. Nothing's going to work because it ain't the 80s anymore. No, that's it. That's what the problem is with all these movies. You need the 80s with yeah. 80 content. Yep. 80s content, you know? Yeah. Fake it. Just look at this. I mean, who is this movie? What? All right, you got a Ghostbusters movie, right? Who is this being pitched to? Well, obviously, it's being pitched to women. It's being pitched to women, but but besides that, it's, it's right younger. There. It's younger people, right? People who never watch well, Ghostbusters. I, I think it's being pitched to. I think I don't know. I think it's being pitched to everybody. To be honest with you, because everybody knows who Ghostbuster is already. Well, so it's not he's... being pitched to me. The point is, like, I'm I'm not like this is not being pitched to me whatsoever. So it's not a movie for me. I mean, this is. This isn't Ghostbusters to me. This is a bunch of angry-looking, like, jumpsuit-wearing chicks in front of a car that looks sort of like the Ecto-1. I gotta see a trailer. Yeah, I'm not gonna base it off just the one picture. Hopefully it's... Oh, I've seen more than one picture. That's the Hopefully thing. it's, it's better like... than this. I have to yeah. see a trailer before I make yeah. any decision. I definitely gotta see it. Is there a trailer out? No. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. If they do it right, it's a, it's a slim, slim possibility that it might be done right. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's like with most things. It's like I hope it does well. I hope they make a good movie out of it because I like being pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Here's the question: You said a movie like this couldn't be redone because it's not the '80s. Mad Max was definitely an '80s type movie, but they did that really well. They could do it. Yeah, see, it's like it's all it. according to the movie. I think. Who's well, it? I think I think that's a little bit of a different movie. Because yeah. Yeah. I meant what I meant by '80s was like the buildings are '80s. That's like, and, and the style was '80s. That was just like, a, a, you know, a oh, wasteland. So yeah. it, it, it was supposed to be the future in the '80s anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, this actually happened in the '80s, so yeah. it's it's different. So like, I want to see '80s cars in the street. I, I want to see that. '80s kids in the street. I you know, that. they, that's they, what I meant by '80s. And you it's, know, they're not going to do that. Oh, I know, but it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool if they would. Well, you know, I think I think it's surprising that the Uncanny X Men movies are done in like time pieces, and I think that's what makes mm-hmm. them so great. Yeah, uh, X Men. You hear they're coming out with that uh, the ninety nineties cartoon as a comic book. Yeah, what's what's the deal with that? They said, well, X Men ninety two cartoon. Uh, they got. Some people they're uh, putting a comic book out based on the designs from the '90s cartoon. Um, do you guys know? Uh, now, shouldn't they say Jim Lee's designs? 
Because isn't Jim Lee the one that designed them? They might say that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think they're giving that cartoon a little bit too much credit. Jim Lee designed all that. That whole brought the X Men back like that. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Shit, if it wasn't for Jim Lee, none of us would probably like the X Men as much as we do uh, now. That's not true at all. No. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can attest to that. I liked X Men before Jim Lee ever the, came around. The artist on this project is um I don't know if I pronounce his name right, so I apologize, but Alti Fermansaya. You guys know him? Don't know him. And then uh, Chris Sims and Chad Bowers are going to be like working on writing it and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the designs are completely based on the '90s cartoons, which I love. Those '90s cartoons. I yeah, got volume one, volume two in my DVD collection. It's just fucking. Fun. I'll tell you that cartoon. The animation was awful. I'll like, say that right now. Yeah, but it was a slow. the show was good. Like yeah. the show was really good. I like they, the animation though. I didn't care for it. It was a little slow. But it was they a had a, a version of that in Japan that seemed like it was a lot more. Oh yeah, the ja- the mo- uh, the anime version of that Never stuff. But that, was, that was later. That was later on. Yeah, yeah. I that... saw the intro and it looked wild. Yeah. So would you guys collect a comic book based on that? Probably, uh, probably not. not. To be honest with you. Yeah, no. I can't see myself doing that. I think it looks kind of yeah. interesting because they did that back in the day. This is like deja vu all over again and it smells worse <laughs> because back then they they did that like that x-men cartoon started coming on yeah and then they they were following the lead of that batman animated series because batman animated series started coming out the show okay. and then they did the batman adventures <coughs> comic book yeah that was an excellent comic book mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys read any of those or not mike manley was doing the artwork on it and it was it was great and they had some really good stories. And every once in a while, like, um, I know Bruce Tim would do an issue of it. Yeah. And that was fantastic. And then the X-Men, I, I think it was, like, didn't didn't animated series come on first, then the X-Men came on? 91? 92. I can't remember. Uh, anyway. Right around the same time. A few months apart, I, I would say. What I do remember is, I remember when me and Rob went to the comic book store because we were finding out that X-Men won... And X Force One were coming out on the same day, and so was Spider Man number one. All three comics oh, were coming yeah. out on the same day. Yeah. And I remember we went there, and it was like we just walked around the comic shop all excited. And we, like, he was excited about his Spider Man. I was excited about the X Force. Yeah. And we ended up both liking the X Men. It was so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun time. I remember taking it home and sitting at my desk and reading it. And when it was the first time I ever seen, like, Actually, I guess it wasn't the first time I saw Jim Lee's drawings. He was doing Uncanny X-Men before that with Gambit mm-hmm. and all that. Yep. Yeah. So I was really excited. Man, I remember when Colossus throws um, Wolverine up, and I was like, oh, my God, I love Colossus. It's so cool. And, like, everybody was getting shot down. And Archangel, actually, no, no. Yeah, did he throw him too? I know. Wait, Archangel, I think, got dropped Colossus. And Colossus went through the window. And then uh, Jean Grey, like, hit him with her with her telekinesis blast and put him out i was like damn archangel's badass <laughs> yeah i first got introduced to jim lee when he was working on punisher war war journal yeah that was that was where i first started reading. and it's like he just blew me away like he popped up and this dude like his uh we actually trip actually my friend trip actually has the like the first issue would uh Jim Lee's artwork in it, and it was like a Avengers spotlight, and it had Hawkeye and um, Mockingbird in it, and 
even back then when he first started, his artwork was good. Like it was nothing like it is now, but it was just always just really solid. Yeah. And um What 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 got you into X Men first? That's oh what uh good lord, that was way back when. Um I had a um X Men uh, what is it? Uh what was that first book that, that came out? It was not uncanny. Was it uncanny? Didn't yeah, they have uncanny was, uncanny was the first series that okay. ever came out. They, I had yeah, I had reprints of Uncanny, but they were called something else. Oh, like, X Men Classics. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. X Men Classics. I had uh-huh. a subscription to that. Yeah, I got to I, know the X Men through that. that. Was a, most of the people in our generation, that's how they really got into X Men, because yeah. they were printing those old Chris Claremont, and John Byrne issues, and they were just gorgeous i had uncanny x-men number one and uh, i had had uncanny that giant size issue as well yeah at one time my well my uncle did and i used to look at his the way i got into x-men i can tell you exactly because i remember um you know i'm a i'm a cheapskate i went to a comic book shop and they were having a sale on trade paperbacks and the trade paperback that they had in there was the phoenix saga from way back when, and it was when Jean Grey had been taken over by the Phoenix Force. Was that like eighty nine or something? Oh no, that was like eighty one or oh, something okay. like that, like late seventies, early eighties. Uh-huh. And it was when Kitty Pride was first introduced to the X Men. It was. Um, I always liked Kitty Pride. Yeah, I did uh, too. I remember this one. Uh, she was like home alone, and somebody uh, invaded the the mansion. And she was yep. going through the walls and shit, and she had that yep. dragon with her. Yeah, that was Lockheed. Yeah, that's her yeah. dragon. It was, it was cool. Yep. yep. But I like I like that to me is the most fun time ever in X Men was back in those days because they were so well written, and Claremont wrote X Men for so long, and you know he kept it going all the way up into the nineties and all, and cause, yeah, because he started off doing that um that X Men series. You know, the one that Jim Lee started on. It was X-Men number one. And he wrote that. And then as Claremont got older, his writing just started kind of tapering off. And it got to where it was like really predictable, everything he would write. But up until that point, he was just, he was a killer. Like he knew X-Men in and out. Rob, what do you like about X-Men, about this new comic that's coming out? Oh well, I like the cartoon. It it has a nostalgic feel for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know it's like kind of like a still kind of animation that like slow. It's like a slow moving compared, especially compared to nowadays. And I know yeah. like they definitely don't compete with the Batman animated series, but no. the stories are good. Yeah, and the feeling that I get when I watch it because it came out when I was young. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like more of a nostalgic thing. Oh yeah, I well, might I- actually pick up the comic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't miss an episode of that show when it was coming on. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I always say to myself, I think I had this conversation with a couple other people before. It was like, I think that the comic shelf should at least have one or two or at least one book title from every character that yeah. uh, starts back from when we all used to like that shit, like a certain time from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now they're actually doing it. I'm like, I, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just wonder. I know they're all going to have the same old outfits, but I wonder if everything else is going to be dated as well, or if the artists that are drawing it aren't going to take consideration that they have to draw '90s clothes, '90s haircuts. Well, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, what they show so far looks just like the 
cartoon. I mean, it's slightly off, but it looks like the cartoon. Because yeah. that's the thing. If like if if you're not gonna go all out, like I'm gonna just I'm gonna get pulled out of it every time. Like, oh, that, yeah. that looks like a modern outfit. You know, I just like, don't know if the writing is gonna be as good. Why Why is that yeah. car like? You know, a Challenger nineteen well, two thousand fifteen. That's like you know we're talking about adapting things from different times and all, and different places too. That's one thing that I didn't like about the Mad Max movie was the lack of Australians. Yeah. Like when you watch it, and it really grates on me because one of the things that's always been great about Mad Max movies are they are boiled down essentially Australian movies. Like, you know, almost everybody in the movies Australian, they have that twang and all. Yeah. And you watch this and it's like the guy that plays Mad Max, the Brady guy, he's British. And the dude that played Nux, he's British. And Fior uh uh Furiosa, she's uh, you know, she has no accent. She's American. And it just kind of oh. took me out of it a little bit. Okay. And, and how hard would it have been for a British guy to put a little bit of Australian twang on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they already far off, right? Yeah. Well, so remember uh, uh, the X Men posters that came I've with got, the X Men issue one? Yeah. Yeah. I always loved that villains poster, the villains gallery. Oh yeah. I remember you used to looking at um the three characters that always caught my eye was um, Sabretooth, Juggernaut, and I'm sorry, White Queen. Juggernaut, and I forget who that girl's name is. That's uh, all over Mister Sinister. That's Madeline Pryor. Now, were they together, or did he just Kinda. draw them like that? Madeline Pryor was a clone of Jean Grey, oh, shit. and she eventually went wacky doodle too, and she kind of took up with him. Dude, can you imagine that? You're clone. Okay, you're Jean Grey. You're wearing a full bodysuit because you're like. You know, you're all conservative and shit, but your clone is dressing like, like all revealing. Yeah. And are you going to be like, bitch, yo, stop showing off my butt? You know, and then, <laughs> and then like all your friends see you in that outfit and they're like, oh man, like, can you imagine that? That would probably drive me crazy. Nothing is yeah. left to the imagination after that. No, no. Hmm. So he's got yeah. a cool outfit. He definitely, I, I really wish that he would have stuck. With the X-Men, because his style really fits well with the X-Men. I mean, it's like, that's what the X-Men's supposed to look like to me, in my opinion. Well, yeah. It was, a, it was a, good, a good team. It was a good run. Thought. It was a good run, yeah. Do you remember the, the trading cards? And it had that oh, little puzzle, yeah. the danger room? Oh, I I've still got a bunch of those. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Who was uh, your favorite X-Men out of that team? You got Cyclops. I liked uh, Archangel. Colossus. You remember, you I was always Archangel. an Archangel fan. Yeah. I, I don't know. At the time, I think I liked Gambit. But I liked Gambit, too. Well, he me, wasn't my favorite, but I liked him a lot. I was an X-Force fan at that time, too, or slightly before that. Remember, Archangel was a big X-Force dude for a while. and that's Yeah, that's right, because he was... That was before he was even Archangel. X-Force, at one point, was Archangel... No, he was Archangel at that point. When that they was... started it out, he was just Angel. Oh, when he started, and then, yeah. And then the whole thing happened when Apocalypse took him and twisted him and turned him into um, Archangel. Uh, Archangel. Yeah, so I was reading the 90s stuff that had Archangel, the yeah. Beast, Cyclops. Like, that was the X-Force crew. Yeah. 
And eventually, yeah, that's right. Because, see, it started off and he was just regular Angel. Mm-hmm. And then all that crap happened to him. And then they were back together again. And he was Archangel with the team. I always thought he was the most badass. Yeah, he's I really always, cool. I, I always liked Colossus the most. And I was always obsessed with Psylocke. Yeah. Psylocke's funny because she started off as a British chick. Jim Lee came in and she wound up being an Asian chick. Yeah, I liked it better. I liked I, I liked that I liked her as she was Asian with a British accent. I didn't know she, she was yeah. British in the beginning. Oh yeah, she was Lily White British. She's um, uh, Captain, Captain Britain's, Britain's sister. sister. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys, can you tell me something? What at? What can you tell me a little bit about? Explain to me Agent Carter because I haven't watched this show. Agent Carter is one of my favorite Marvel cinematic universe characters. Really? Yeah. Like, have you? Did you see Captain America? Yes. All right. You remember the British girl in that? That she was the one that helped with his training and all that. Like, yes, I do remember right. her. Yes. Yeah. And and what was really cool, Haley Haley Atwell plays her. And first of all, she's stunningly gorgeous. But second of all, she's a really good actress. Yeah. And um, she played the part of uh, Agent Sharon Carter. And she was like, she was, uh, well, like they said, she was on loan from the British forces. She was like a special operative or whatever. And in the movie, you know, she, she helped. She had like a high position and all that kind of stuff. Now, the show picks up after World War II has ended. Okay. And basically, it kind of it kind of plays on some of the things that really happened in the country. Like women had a elevated status during the war because all the men were at war, and the women were promoted to jobs. Like they worked construction, they worked in factories, they all kind of stuff. They played baseball and shit, right? Huh? I saw that a league of your own. They played some baseball and shit, right? Yeah, I mean, it was they they were kind of they had no their crying own in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> They man. had they had their own thing going on. They had kind of a, a sense of, you know, um, self yeah. that they hadn't had before that point. And then when the guys came back from from overseas, they were kind of pushed out of their jobs, kind of pushed out of that status. Oh, yeah. Back and, in the kitchen. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens is that show picks up there, and she was this high-ranking field agent, and all of a sudden she's in the States now and she's got no real connection to the, the way she was. She's still with the strategic defense initiative, or I think they call it the scientific reserve or something like that. Shield wasn't remember. around at this point. Huh? Shield wasn't around at this point. No, this is, this is the early start of shield. She's eventually the one that will start shield off. Wow. But how's at, the, uh, how's like that? The surroundings, they all look like it from that time oh, period. Yeah. yeah. That uh, the show dude, I'm telling you, if you get a chance, watch the show. Yeah, I think I'll get so fun. No, I want to see it. I think yeah, my wife would be into this too. She loves all this old stuff. Oh, Ooh. she would love it. She would definitely love it. Um and it's it's a good girl show because it's got like she's a good positive role model for girls because she's tough, she's smart. Yeah. And she's she she doesn't do like she doesn't play up the sexiness thing. There, there's like one episode where she kind of has to, like she has to kind of get in with this guy to get something from him, yeah. and so she sexy blonde. And let me tell you what, her as a blonde is amazing. Okay. But um, she plays no, him, huh? She plays him good. Oh yeah, dude, she's she's awesome. She works it. 
Yeah, she does. And what's really cool about the show is in the first season of the show, the the like the get go for the show is that Tony Stark or not Tony, um his daddy. Yeah, anyway, the the Stark guy, the one that was in Captain America, is the same actor. Yeah. Comes back and plays him. Cool. And he has been accused of selling his technology to enemy agents and stuff like that. Oh boy. And yeah. And so she basically she's in this scientific uh, or or strategic group. It's like a it's like a secret underground secret group that works for the government, but she has no say so in anything. Like she's basically a secretary for him. I'm sold. I yeah. wanna see it. And so he comes to her and asks her, he's like, I can't, I can't really do anything. Like, like I can't prove my innocence because they're not believing me. I'm having to be on the run. And he's like, please prove that I'm innocent. And so she has to go above and beyond her like secretary status. Hmm. Because like when she comes in in the first episode, she's like, um, she's trying to help them figure something out. And they're like, yeah, go get us coffee. And yeah, what's the budget on this? Um, like, is it a big pretty, time budget or does it look like it's not, it's not movie budget, but it's as good as it gets on it's TV NBC, you know, huh? for, for what, a regular kind of, TV budget. They do some stuff on there that's pretty impressive, special effects wise. What kind of um, villains do they got in this? Are there any supernatural ones or is it all gangsters? No, it's well, it's got gangster stuff too, but it's always tied into the Hydra thing. Okay. So it's you know it's it's tying into the Marvel universe and there's some characters that pop up in there. I'm not gonna tell you who because that's kind of the fun yeah. is when a character that you know from comic books pops up. And one good thing about it is is they're not like they don't just tell you who it is. Like they'll have a character pop up and it's like if you don't know your Marvel stuff you kind of miss it. So the best thing to do is watch this show where you can Wikipedia names. Yeah. Like Google names and stuff like that. Whenever somebody comes up, they'll say like, you know, I'm not going to say that's who's in the show, but just like you say something about Arnim Zola, and you're like, oh, who's Arnim Zola? And you go and shit. look it up. It's like, oh crap, he's a big bad Hydra dude. I'm gonna watch. So this, this comes shit. on. This comes on like Tuesday nights. Well, now the first season's season. out of run, but season you can probably five. get it. Probably it would probably be on Netflix. I would think. I'm not sure. I haven't looked. No, I see no. it on one of them. I see it on demand or Netflix or whatever my provider yeah. is. But that's yeah. cool. And season two is coming out. But what was really cool about whenever Stark asked her to do that, um, her he left her with his like butler dude, and it was Jarvis. Like you know how Tony Stark always had Jarvis. Yeah, the actual Jarvis. It's the actual Jarvis. Oh, it's like cool. the guy. That's and, cool. and oh, that's cool. And so he's like her buddy in the show, and they work together trying to figure things out i like those kind of tie-ins yeah and there's a lot of tie-ins with the movie and stuff like that and like it was running right around the same time that that captain america i think it was when the captain america movie had come out the second one and so there was some stuff that kind of tied into that too and at the same time this show was tying into agents of shield so it was it was a good time to be watching tv i was like excited every week when that thing came on I was not really that into it because I thought I didn't really like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to watch this either. How much of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did you watch? Oh, like the first, most of the first season. Okay. It got better. Like, that's why I'm asked. Because, like, a lot of people watched the first episode and they were like, I'm done. But what I liked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is it had this slow build till it just got better and better and better. And it was like, 
by the time that you know the last season was done it was just like man and now i'm excited as crap because they've got the inhumans in there okay uh is this a season two that they're on right now i think it's season three okay cool all right so maybe if i start from season two i might like it yeah well i would try to catch because see the end of season one that's when things really started ramping up Mm -hmm. and you know i just it's one of those shows where if you plug through it you know it gets better and it gets awesome because they have like lady sif shows up in the show now, real quick, because I get a little confused about things, because mm-hmm. uh, I watch certain things, but I don't watch other things. But where, who is this Jessica Jones that's coming up soon, too? Okay. She's she's a character that uh, Brian Michael Bendis came up with. Um, okay. He's a writer for Marvel. Um, and she appeared in a comic book series called Alias that he did. It was like in 2000, 2001, <laughs> something like that. Okay. Um. Now, he kind of wrote her into the fabric of the Marvel Universe, and she never existed there before. And some people feel strongly about that. Some don't. If it's done well, I don't care about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, she was written in to be a Midtown High student, and and her name was Jessica Campbell. Um, And she was there when Peter Parker was bitten by the irradiated spider. Really? She had a crush on him, um, hmm. and stuff like that. Is Jessica and, Jones, uh, that spider chick that's in alternative universe too. I'm What's not she, sure about that. Who's uh, the chick that's playing her? Uh, that's Kristen Ritter. Yeah, some I know her from something. She was in Breaking Bad. She was the junkie that hung out with. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she ended up dying. Yes. Choking on her own vomit. Yeah, I didn't ever watch any of that. Never but... saw Breaking Bad, Marsh? Uh-uh, I haven't watched the show. I've... Oh, dog. Yeah. I have to say, I don't think I'm interested in Jessica Jones at all. It's It uh, looks interesting, though. Like the show. The Have you seen the trailer? The comic character Whoa. looks very uninteresting to me. She looks like a cross between, like, Jem and Rogue. Is she a mutant? And no, she, she was actually... Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember. Okay, she... She and her family were like they were going to an amusement park or something like that, and the car they were in, they ran up on this military group, uh, like a convoy yeah. that had radioactive stuff in it. Her family was killed, and she was in a coma. And when she woke up, um, because this is in the Marvel continuity, like years don't pass the same in Marvel. When she woke up, because remember, she was a teenager in school with Spider-Man. Yeah. She woke up when Galactus first showed up in the Marvel Universe. Huh. And it triggered her, like, powers and stuff like that. Is it a good story? Um, it it was early Bendis, so it was actually pretty good. Okay. I'm not crazy about Bendis now, but, like, his early stuff was pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, but she became a hero, you know. And oh, it's a Netflix she, original, so it's definitely going to be like rated R, then, huh? Yeah, it's going to be tough because like sh- they're they're doing it like, um, like she became she became like a private eye, and it was like she had already tried in the older Marvel universe to be a superheroine, and bad stuff happened to her. Okay, and she wound up giving up being a superhero, and then she became a private eye, 
And that's what she would do. She's like, she's no longer a superhero, but she was a private eye, but she still has superpowers. Anything on Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I Yeah, am. after that Daredevil series. Yeah. That... Like, you just know they got it. Yeah. Anything and they the thing about The thing about the Marvel stuff that I like, it's really essential that you watch everything because they find a way to tie stuff together. Oh, yeah. I'll give it a shot. And the little nods that they give to the characters and stuff, like there's, there's one point in the show where um, uh, Agent Coulson has to place an agent in a place in a safe house. And when she's in the safe house, she's, she's looking around the place, and there's, like, these panels on the wall, like these wooden panels. It looks like a regular cabin. And they're saying, like, this was the cabin that, like, oh, well, she, she finds that one of these panels, you can take it off the wall. And when you do, there's this huge fist print in the wall. It's like a metal wall behind it. And come to find out, that was the cabin that Shield had stuck Banner in whenever they were trying to deal with him. Wow. And he had turned into the Hulk and tried to smash out of the place. That's cool. So it's neat little things like that they put in there. And it's just, it, it gets your geek bones going. I like that. You know, like you'll watch the show and something will happen. and be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like my, my buddy Tripp and I, we're like, as soon as the episode's over, we're like, oh, did you see that part? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Now you so, make me want to watch it. Yeah, that's why I love watching this stuff. It's just fun yeah. that they're tying stuff together like that. I hope that DC is able to do the same kind of thing so that when we watch the DC stuff, we'd be like, oh. <laughs> I know. Me too. But so far, they're not really tying stuff together that much because they've got like the, the is it WB or is it CW now? What's, what do they call it? CW. Okay, CW now. Like, all of that stuff is almost like they're kind of ignoring all of that. Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's not fun. You guys need to pull your stuff together and make it like it's big, fun universe. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that, Maybe Maybe they'll do that with the movies, and the movies will be tied together enough that that'll be enough. I'm hoping so. I am too. All right, guys, let's let's take a quick break real quick. You know it. And then we'll come back to what Geeks do, episode 13. 13. Now look what's coming. And blue bombers black is knocked off. And black is knocked off. But you can press it right back on again. It's just part of the action with the world's only boxing robots. Takes two managers to handle the fighters. With these control levers, you keep your fighter in motion to duck punches. Press this plunger, he throws the right. Press the other and pairs the left. Exciting action and fun with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Mark. Now back to what geeks do. This is comic book review with what geeks do. All right. Who's excited about Star Wars? I am. I can wait for Star Wars. All right. Very. Well, tonight we got a new segment. We're reviewing a comic book. We decided we needed to get with it and take a look at a new comic book that's out. On the stands, or does anybody still buy comic books on stands, or do they all download it? I think I, a lot of people still buy it. I think so too. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. The digital half, thing is kind of eh with me. Half the fun is going, having a place to go to. God damn it! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Anytime I go into a comic book shop, my mind just kind of stops, and yeah. I just look around like, uh. Like, yeah. I, it takes me a good fifteen to twenty minutes to get calmed down enough to actually look at the. T- comic book yeah, I used to just right? go in one place and work my way and i just i scan every comic until i'm out of there it's like an adventure 
It yeah. is. It is. That's yeah. like Trip and I go on an adventure every once in a while, and that's just what we do. We go from comic book shop to comic book shop, looking like zombies. I know we've got to look like The Walking Dead when we come into those places. Like, Ugh. I want to go right now. I know. Right. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So tonight, what we're looking at is the the very controversial new issue of Star Wars, Marvel's what? new Star Wars. Was it? Some people like it. Some people don't. Well, no, just the the idea behind it, because what it was pitched in the in the news articles. I know the news articles that you guys saw were the same like I did. And it was like Luke Skywalker learns about the Force from a, a hut, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. That was a little misleading. It was very misleading, very misleading. That almost um, made me not want to read the book. Yeah, me too. Um, thank you, Kotaku. I think that's the name of the comic or the the blog that posted that. Why Kotaku. would they do that? Why would they say that? But, but to get know. people to click on their article. Yeah. I remember I'm, I'm reading this, and that's not what this was about at all. No, no. It was just, it was like, Pete, um, what's his name? Jabba, uh, Sutton the Hut? Pizza. His name is Pizza. Pizza yeah, the Hut. Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut was in there. His name he, was, uh, uh, hold on. Um, something weird. Gracchus. Gracchus the yeah. Hut. He ate himself to death. So he was like a Jedi uh, merchandise collector. Yeah. And he had like this storage room full of stuff. Tons of shit. And then he like ends up sending all these people after uh, Skywalker because he has the lightsaber and he yeah. wants that lightsaber. He wants that. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to say, all right, who who wants to start with what, what they thought about this book? Let me just say I like the art. Oh, man, yeah. Okay. A lot. Stuart, Stuart Eminen, I think, is who it is. He's done comic books for years, and his stuff has always looked fresh. Yeah, that's just nice. Yeah. Um, He what did the cover, about? too. The cover's kind of gorgeous. And let me say, I have been reading this series, mm-hmm. uh, so I am caught up on it. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that we're reviewing eight and nine because that's where I think they went wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, actually, I think they went wrong well before that, but yeah. that's just where we differ on opinions about this. I but. actually enjoyed it up until like six and then seven was okay. And then I, are I we read, getting into I the review the... now? I, I could tell yeah, you. Yeah. What about eight and nine? I, I didn't. <laughs> all right. So like. It was okay. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad or anything, but it wasn't as good as what I've read up to that point, in my opinion. I if hate I'm being honest. Sana Solo. Okay. It's a passion. Yeah. Just because the whole idea of that character is just stupid to me. So Not yeah. saying she's stupid, just saying the whole idea of... Han Solo you know, having a wife? Yeah. yeah. Like, it changed right. the whole thing. Here's my so take weird. on this, because I don't think... I don't think they're uh, really keep, married either. He keeps saying that that's not what it is. So it's it's basically another misleading thing, and mm-hmm. it's probably like either like an inside joke or, or or something. But actually, when I was reading this, it did this character didn't bother me. I wanted I wanted to know what was going on between these guys, yeah. and if anything was kind of aggravating me, it was kind of Leia for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. She was getting on my nerves. Yep. I anything, think there was something that she said that was like. None of these characters are written the way they are in the movies. If anything is aggravating is that Han can't finish a fucking sentence so we can figure out what the story is. <laughs> no, and, and the thing I didn't like is they kept kind of saying the same thing over and over again. Yep. Like, we yep. already established that everyone's mad at each other. Yep. Like, there was no need for that. It, it like, duplicated. Like, tw- like, it, like, 
did the same thing over like maybe like three times almost it felt like so is this his wife or like i mean what what's going Who on knows? you gotta keep that's, reading i guess is that's that? another thing that i all right this is the first time i've read an, a mainstream marvel comic book in years if this is what comic books are like now i there's no wonder the industry's falling apart because so. in this took me it didn't even take me 10 minutes to read this whole issue yeah it's, it's short, like, and and they what they cost like four bucks four, now. Three ninety nine, yeah. I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna talk some good about this. Uh, it had my attention throughout the whole. Oh, book. it has my and, attention, but that's the problem. It went in no time. Like I'm I've I've been collecting ROM, ROM, that comic book from the seventies and early eighties about the robot space knight guy from Marvel. It takes me a solid hour to read through one of those because there's so much dialogue and exposition and just good storytelling like this is like most of this comic book would have taken less than 10 minutes in a movie oh i flew through these i was like that's yeah. quick read but not it's all like, comics are like that though yeah, yeah but well, i'm gonna say what i liked about it i like the pace about it or the pace about the comic i like how like each each thing had me hooked in mm -hmm. like i wanted to know who this chick was yeah yeah. Uh, and, you know, I want to know if they were really married. Um, I wanted to know if she was going to kill one of them or, or, you know, set them off or, or, or sell them. Um, and I liked how it kept going. It kept like it kept going back and forth. Yeah. So it was just like enough where I wasn't going to get bored. And right where like so, and it always ended with something huge that was like it was the guy. I guess the guy's storytelling was pretty damn good. And and just the way they did, did the shots and all that, and then it went into uh, you know Luke's, and and they got to this planet, and it was crazy. And I was I was thinking, is the Smuggler's Moon supposed to be like Cybertron? Like, is that is it no. an actual planet or is it all yeah, cities? Yeah, there's a, that's there's it, supposed to be a planet way deep. On, it's a moon actually, and it's supposed to be way deep under there, and the city was built on top of it. Uh, it's pretty cool. And it's looking. just like layer after layer after layer of city. I like that. That's yeah. pretty neat. And so that, when he went in there, what's that? Yeah, Nar Shaddaa is that was a, a that was a a place that existed in in the expanded universe in the other stuff that came out, like the the novels that came out before and the um, cool. comic books and well, all. Like Nar Shaddaa popped up a lot. I like that they're incorporating that in there. It's yeah. it's, it's actually it's it's the good stuff in the expanded universe looks like they're using it in here. Yeah. And I always like Narsha. Now, now Narsha looks a lot different than it did in the Dark Horse stuff. And the Dark Horse stuff, Narsha Da looked really trashy. Like it's, super yeah. trashy. This is where the Jedi Council used to hang? Mm -mm. No, that's not that no, Uh-uh. I now, like I the guess colors of this I book, I think they too, did man. say something about there was a Jedi place there at some point. Well, or, that's where Luke went, right? Yeah. But... He was trying to get passage to the um he was trying to get somebody to smuggle no that's that's what it was. He went to the smuggler's moon because he was gonna try to get somebody to smuggle him into Coruscant. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Coruscant's so heavily guarded. That's right, that's right. You're right, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah the the colors in this really grabbed me too. Oh, it's beautiful. The artwork is beautiful. Just looking at it. It's very cinematic the way it's drawn. Yeah. And I think like, that's stronger than the storytelling and the actual like dialogue and stuff is that it it reads like watching a movie yeah some of the dialogue was a little weird in the beginning yeah like they had that uh that trooper what does he say he's like um i love my job i love my job it's like yeah. come on those dudes don't talk like that yeah you know he's like well, oh, they, captain, i love my job like 
Yeah. Well, you have I mean, to remember who you're writing for when you're when you're doing this kind of stuff. You should watch the movie before you write dialogue, so you can that. get a good idea that these people don't say stupid shit like that. Yeah. Agreed. But that and, opening scene with with all the rocks and stuff and the waterfall and how they had the jet on this, the the, yeah. the falcon that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was it was really neat. And when, when that one uh one ship blew up and it, 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 I felt like I was really there. The Sala blew just, it up. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Yeah, she blew it up. And I was like, yo, this girl's serious now. She now I want to know who she is. She don't play that. You know what's going on, like, mm-hmm. and then and then she cha- and then she like you know goes back into the Luke Skywalker thing, and then it's, Luke goes to his planet. Now this is where I have a little bit of complaint with character design. You got all these characters from, um, you know, the Star Wars movies. You should be drawing more of them instead of just making up your own, because I don't know. I see so many people in the crowd, and I'm seeing there are a couple familiar faces, but. Most of them are just kind of ones that look like he made I, up. I, I I kind of feel exactly opposite with that because I like seeing a bunch of different new species because it implies that the Star Wars universe is big. Yeah. I mean, there's like thousands of different types of aliens, so I don't mind seeing new ones pop up like that. As long I agree as you with have that too, that but I'm really picky of who's creating characters for Star Wars. I don't now? think any old artist should just be able to. You may be like a great artist and do storytelling, but when it comes to character design, that's a whole different story. So I don't know. I, I just, I'm well, the really way I look at it, it's just like in nature. Like in, in nature, you see all kind of different variations and stuff like that. And if this is a, a galaxy that's got weird people, you know, they can have they can have dudes that look like walking potatoes. Yeah. Like there's no there's no real rule about what Star Wars and what's not, and that's why I get kind of ticked off. When people go, oh, that doesn't look like it belongs in Star Wars. Like, how do you know? Like, all we've I, seen is I, there's a certain places. style. A there's certain a certain style, style that I like to have the consistent, um, not consistent, uh, like the continuity of the style. I guess, but I like to, to keep going. But the, th- but the thing is, though, with that, we're dealing with a universe or a galaxy that's huge. So many. And so, like, there's so many different things. There's so like, many. it's hard know, to explain what what how I see it. Huh? It's kind of it's hard to explain how I see it. Oh, I understand. There's a certain thing when you look. There's a certain thing about Star Wars that makes it Star Wars. But like, I you know, it's just it's tough because when you start defining what is Star Wars and what isn't, it's like it's kind of limiting in a way to me. Just to me, that's that's the way I see it. So I felt like the aliens that they made up for those scenes looked pretty good to me like they they seem to kind of fit like so the too. bartender the bartender now is is that a character you guys all seen before oh yeah that's a uh um uh zibarak or something like that they there's one of those guys that's on the jedi council uh, they have okay. that i just looked at his face and the horns. i just looked at his horn thing and i thought it was just like a variation of darth maul and i was like couldn't they come up with something better well, than that i i think darth maul is his people are somehow related to those people. Crazy, right? Yeah. Okay, that's cool then. That I is cool. That. I like the little dude that was the thief. I thought he looked interesting. Yeah. Like like his outfit looked like something that could fit in Star Wars. And I like See, the, the whole magnetic time, I I was thinking uh um what's that? Guardians of the Galaxy, the lead character. Mm-hmm. That's who I thought that looked like. Yeah, he does a bit. But he looked like he could fit in Star Wars, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess he could, huh? Mm -hmm. My thing is, how the fuck did Luke Skywalker outrun everyone in that bar? He must be fast <laughs> as fuck, right? Like, he was oh, on that dude's ass, and everyone else got left behind. How does that happen? He's a Jedi. That's that was is, another right? thing, too. Like, everybody at that bar is all connected. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? They're all going to go after him yep. because the yep. bartender said so. Like, it's not like that, like everybody in there is a gang. It's yeah. like people go there to drink. Like, I go to a bar, I don't know who anybody there is. But if that's you see a lightsaber, like, that's like one he thing. comes walking in and everybody knows who he is. And it's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I guess because they're all, they're all bounty hunter smugglers, right? Yeah. They want that lightsaber. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I, it just it if, was. If you wanted that lightsaber, why would you tell everybody else to go get it so they can get you, the reward? Thank you. The easiest way they could have done it is if Jabba's dude, like they hadn't said anything, and Jabba's dude goes and just or not Jabba, but Gracka, his dude goes over there and snatches it from him, like while he's not looking. Yeah, yeah. But, and I'm sorry, but, but the just... guy that's telling everybody to go get this lightsaber, first of all, you own a fucking bar. You took over after your father. You already got a job, bro. Mm -hmm. You're already making your money. You yeah. want that lightsaber too? You really gonna, you really gonna go after a Jedi to get that? I don't know. That part seemed a little weird. Yeah, no but they, I think they could have wrote that in a little bit better. Silly. Well, how about the? How about this? What do you guys think of the design of Gracchus the Hut? Uh, I think okay. that little like, um, uh, what is that mojo like? I don't Walker like that. Thing. I don't like that. I think it's oh. been overused so many times. Oh, the legs. Yeah. Why does he have electronic legs coming out of his body? Yeah, he has. He slides. I, I, he's like a a slug. Can you guys I explain this? I thought he would have been a lot more impressive if he had just been like a slug. Like a yeah. Slug, yeah. Like you have those things because you can't walk. Like he. The, but he's he, muscular. He's like he could get around like nobody's business. You dude, think? He, he knocked Luke Skywalker out like a bitch. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love like he's ripped. He's like the whole cross with a hut. Yeah, but I don't understand the legs. Wait, the legs is it's like, overkill. That's design. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. How does this that even guy work? should How's be even designing work? characters. He's that's, a great artist, yeah. but don't well, be. I don't, I don't know that he's the sole person designing these because Marvel is well. Disney is approving everything with this. Yeah, because okay. they said well, in one of the letters page in one of these issues is that they have had a couple times where. The Disney people said, nah, you need to redo this. Well, they should have said that with this fucking electronic job. Yeah, I'm not crazy about this guy. I mean, I like everything about him except for the legs. Like, I like the big muscular hut. And it might be because that was something that I kind of did years ago when I was goofing around with Star Wars characters. Hmm. I, I came up with, like, I did a story that was like an alternate universe story where something had happened uh, an event in star wars history had been changed okay and everything went haywire and jabba the hut was actually instead of becoming a crime lord he had to become like a part of the rebellion and he was fit like he was big and muscular and all i was like just imagine jabba the hut like muscular like he'd be scary as crap and so yeah, when they did like it with that. this dude i was like that's awesome it's kind of yeah. like seeing my idea come to life Without, I think the necklace was fine, but the legs were an overkill. Like you know, oh, the legs were definitely overkill. They with any designs. Wheeled, yeah, they should have just wheeled him in on one of those things, man. Like no, nah, man. Like the thing about him that would make him impressive. Look at the abs on him. Like he's ribbed. Yeah. He should have been like just sliding in like a big snake man. Like, or what they should have done? Well, they should have just made a completely new character that has the same contours of that, and then make make that the guy instead of yeah. like a a yeah. hut character. Yeah. Anything but that. <laughs> The but, legs just are 
goofy. I did like how they took those clones from the uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh, the robots? I yeah, love the, those uh, things in those movies. Uh, what do they call those things? It's cool uh, to s- it's yeah, it's cool to see Luke face off against those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, those were General Grievous had those dudes. Even though he's got his ass whooped. Yeah. Now, now they zoom back to um, Leia, and I thought it was cool where they really brought out Leia's personality, where she's just taking control of the situation. Yeah, she got tired yeah. of crap. She yeah, and right, she was like, enough that. of this shit. That's Sorry, what she you do, know? you know? Yeah, that was really cool. She's a strong-ass woman. And it was cool seeing Luke actually fighting those things. Mm-hmm. You know, that was pretty neat as well. And then, you know, he gets his ass knocked. They, they said that, like, he puts his hand up. He's like, I'm going to knock you out, boy. And when they woke up in that room, it was all black. And that one picture, that one picture looks like it was lifted from uh, one of the scenes in the original Star Wars. That's why I like it so much. Which from, scene? Uh, the Jabba. Yeah. You remember where that face? Where he's like looking down at Luke being held by the guards. Oh uh, yeah, he's yeah. holding the crystal. Yeah. That's straight lifted, and I, I I love it. Yeah, it looks. And funny. and they show how big he is, you know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's another thing I like about him. He's huge. Yeah. Like if they could get rid of his legs, he would be like he would there's be no a really cool character. Yeah. There's, huh? really, there's really no need for that. No, nah, it was just design overkill. Yeah, and I Who really like how the artist can he stay really consistent. With Luke's face. Yeah. Yeah, Eminem's really good. He's a really good artist. He always has been. There's another little Easter egg. Well, there's several Easter eggs in that scene where they're looking at the artifact room. Like, stuff that's popped up in Star Wars several times in in the Jedi stuff in the prequels. And in, even in Rebels. Like, look at that first scene where they're in the artifact room where, um, like, it shows the big shot of the room and he's... Standing there looking at stuff. Yeah, we're looking at it now. All right. Well, if you go down to the third panel, there's like a helmet with a hood. Uh huh. All right. That those are the Jedi Temple guards that are in the. Oh Rebels yeah. Parts. Nice. I just saw them the other day. I was yeah. like, oh, that's their answer. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, they're like the Jedi version of the Imperial Royal Guard. Yeah. But they're Jedi. Like mm. they're. They're trained Jedi. They just have that purpose. And then there's characters from the prequels that are here and there. There's like, um, that you see there's a ship stored there. And I'm wondering if it's like one of Obi-Wan Kenobi's old ships or something. It looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi's outfit in the back. Well, Could it's a be. Jedi. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Yeah. yeah. They swept that cool shit up. Yeah, it's cool little details like that that I like in here. The expression on all the characters' faces is so yeah, great too. They're good. They're good. I just like how it, it definitely looks like he was definitely looking at parts of the movie and yeah. and redrawing the faces and stuff. That was pretty cool. And I like this whole crystal thing where they opened up all the old Jedi's and they're talking and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. That was. Cool. That's another thing they pulled straight from the old books and the old comics because that was never a feature. Good. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Stuff. That's fine. Use the stuff that's good, but I tell you what, all these good things about it, I still don't care for this series. Yeah, I okay. tried. I tried from the first one, and like reading the first couple of issues, it was just it got off to a rocky start, and I'm really just not happy with where it is at this point. And it's and the reason why is because it's all of this stuff has been done. Yeah. All of this stuff has been done. They did it at Dark Horse. They did it in the novels. And it's like they've told this story a million times over and they're just trying oh, to do a different story. Han Solo had a wife before? Huh? No, no, no. Not that. Just 
that he's a scoundrel. We get it. And there's other characters. She just reminds me of so many other characters that have popped up in the expanded universe stuff. And you it's like, like Chewie and C-3PO at the end. Yeah, like, I just saw that. I was like, when he was talking about it, and he's like, you guys got to go. I was like, oh, man, it's awesome. Those two are teaming up. They're going to team yeah. up, and they're going to rescue R2 and Luke Skywalker. Yep. I love how he drew them, too, man. Yeah, like, I love the way both of them are drawn. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Clark, now, The, art, the art is top-notch. I can't knock any of the art. And even, even the Gracchus dude, like, agreed he doesn't work as a hut like that. But you gotta admit, he's he's cool looking, like he's creepy looking and all. But it just doesn't work as that. Like you said, if it was some other dude that was shaped like that, but wasn't a hut, that'd be cool. So yeah. the artwork is really good in here. Yeah, I can't that's fault a girl that on me, hopefully. Is this something you guys would continue to read or no? Nope. No? Me personally, I got into this book just because of the storytelling alone was so great. It got me into it. I don't see anything really wrong. With the story, I did have something. I had my doubts about it when I was misled, but now yep. that I now that he's just a collector and he's in a jam and he's stuck in there, and now Java's like, "Oh, you you know, you're you're the last Jedi. You're a part of my collection." As a collector, I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? So now I like this collector character. You know what I mean? And uh, I like how they brought the the, the robots in, and uh, the dialogue for Luke is pretty much solid. Um, I'm curious who this wife is and what's going on. It's going to affect yeah. their relationship in any way. Well, and, obviously uh, it's not because they're together in the empire and return. Well, it might, so. it might, and they might get back together later or something. No, I'm so. just saying like, it's not going to permanently. That's well, the bad thing permanent. about all of the, that's the bad thing about all of this stuff. You know, all of this stuff is going to be resolved. Yeah. It's yes, like, I understand really... it, but I, I didn't say permanent. I just said affected. And, uh, oh, I'm sure it'll affect you know, I like to see the bumps that the bumps that you take on the road to your solid relationship as a couple. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff that made you what you are later on in life. You know, it's instead still, of just... Ultimately, I look at any of this stuff the way I've had to kind of look at the other stuff because um, it's, it's fluff. All of this is fluff because yeah. the only thing that matters is the movies, ultimately. Yeah. And, like I, I so take this just strictly for like salt, entertainment. Yeah. I enjoy what's... it myself too, but Charles is right. It is a lot of fluff because you know where it goes. Yeah, and, it's a and, lot of and you got something fluff. right. You nailed something a minute ago. Pizza was when you said Luke was well characterized. He really does. He really is. Like it's it seems like stuff he'd say. It seems like stuff he'd do. Like he was still dumb and young at this point. So, yeah, he would walk right into a bar in a crazy place like this and go, Who the doo doo? Young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this honestly makes me want to read the rest of them from issue sure. one and up and see if, you know, if they're as good as this. But, I would, uh, yeah. I mean, you might like it. I, to me, it's just, it turned me off. Like in the first issue, you had Luke Scott, and it's the same thing everybody does. The old Marvel comic books did this too. You have Luke Skywalker facing off against Vader before Empire. Yeah. And that's ridiculous because Empire blatantly implies that he has never faced Vader before. That's a good point. And yeah, I don't like that. that. Everybody has him faced off against Vader. And then flicking uh, the the other guys face off against Vader, too. They've got they're what in the ad at when they face off against Vader and he crushes the ad at. And it's like, what the mess? Like they yeah, did that need, in Rebels. You need characters that 
you are or in the movies to face off of him. If you want to play with Vader, you exactly. got to play with exactly. That's why things. Rebels. That's why Rebels work better because they did face off against Vader in Rebels, and he handed them their butts. They just barely got away from him. But the thing is, it's like you, you don't have anything pre-established with them. And that's why the best Star Wars stories that have ever been told have been about characters that aren't in the Star Wars movies. You don't know anything about them. You don't know where they're going to go because things are at stake. I don't worry about any of these characters in this book because I know what's going to happen to them. Good right. point. Good point. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's just, it's just fluff. This is more fan fiction. It's just like everything done with any type of movie property where they're taking characters from movies that already exist. It's fluff. And what's even going to be worse than this is they've got that new series and it's like the stuff that's like the road to Force Awakens. Like all that stuff is going to be trash whenever the Force Awakens comes up anyway. That might be why I like so much that could, could what's his name? That little Jedi, the last Jedi. Oh, Kanan? Yeah. Now that's that might the be why like, I like him. That's a whole him. other deal. Because mm-hmm. it's fresh and it's new and it's like yeah. there's nothing that you could fuck up there. You like know? you could, I'm looking at this right here. Now this is, this is Marvel's Star Wars. This is Disney runs Marvel. Disney runs Star Wars. This is their chance to make a comic book that is awesome and all. Every page of this thing looks like something from Dark Horse. They biting? I disagree. Have I don't you read much does. of the Dark Horse Star Wars? Yes, I read a lot of the Dark Horse stuff. Well, then I you feel, know what I feel I'm this has, I feel, in my opinion, I feel like it has a, a much different look to it. And I, I never liked the Dark Horse Star Wars stuff, but it had this like weird non-Star Wars kind of feel to it, in my opinion. But this, this, I like it. It, it it's some it, to me. I feel like it's a, a fresh look on it. Isn't none of the same artists that worked on Dark Horse are working on this, right? Yeah, some of them are. I think. Okay, because it kind of does look like one thing. It I looks like a Horse. lot of the Dark. Like I could go look and and find some of the Dark Horse stuff that looks just like this. Yeah. So it's just and not that that's bad because no, I, no, no. I, I mean, it's just like setting up a continuity. But the thing is, it's like it's been done. Yeah, that's like when I look at this, it's like it barely sets itself apart from the Dark Horse stuff that I've seen before. What are you what are you hoping to be done now? Like, what are you hoping to see? Or could I don't be? know, something Prequels? new. I, it's just it's that I've all right, we've seen in the Dark Horse stuff, okay, there's collectors that collect Jedi stuff and they keep them in big rooms and it's got all these artifacts and everything. We got holocrons, and you find out the Jedi can open holocrons with their force powers. Got characters popping up in Han Solo's life that we didn't know about anywhere before. I'm like, oh, who is this character in your life? Oh, she's an old girlfriend of mine. You know, that stuff has happened in all the Dark Horse stuff. You know, the the you know, running into the huts that run the underworld in these places, Luke fighting battle droids, stuff like this has all happened before. So you're saying there's nothing new here? Nothing new. Nothing new. Nothing new for trash like you. And pizza, you're saying you, you would you would continue to read this, see where it goes. I would continue to read it, see where it goes. I don't know if I would pay for it. Yeah, but... that's the big thing. I ain't paying three bucks. <laughs> For 10 minutes of entertainment. Uh, yeah. it, it went really fast. Like, conflicts go a little too fast for $3 today. Mm-hmm. But there was some things that inspired me for drawing. Mm-hmm. There was some oh, things yeah. that... Re- I like the real cinematic parts to it. Uh, it. I read a lot of uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin in Dark Horse. So maybe that's why I don't know what Charles Marsh is saying. 
I don't know about Han Solo's past wives and stuff like that. Well, they never yeah. said wives. I don't think they said wives. Now I know his girlfriends have right, shown up and stuff, but but so, and and I we know he's like, not really married to this chick because what the crap? I don't like know. he's denying it vehemently. She's like, "You're my husband," and all, and he's like, "What?" And so her name's gonna be Sana Solo. But I, I'll be honest with you, I was taking this seriously, and I, I was getting into it until you told me that that part about Darth Vader. Now I just think of it as, all right, they already fucked up. You know, like, yeah. they're not yeah. paying attention. And here's so, another uh, thing, too. Here, This is my thing about Luke. And this kind of still, it, it, the whole thing about Luke with the, the Hut dude still kind of rubs me the wrong way because, okay, so he didn't teach him about the Force or anything like they implied. But it's still kind of wonky for me to have Luke trying to seek out Jedi stuff after Star Wars, because when you see him in Empire, he hasn't learned a darn thing. Yeah, like he can barely pick his lightsaber up. Well, maybe he didn't learn anything on his journeys yet. He's well, he's right here learning about the Jedi. Uh, he learned how to open a holocron. And the next thing is this: like, okay, he's spending time with this cat right here, who's teaching him about all this stuff. Never once mentioning Yoda. Like Yoda's the most famous Jedi ever, and. He doesn't know who Yoda is when Obi Wan says Yoda in First Empire Strikes Back. He's like, you got to seek Yoda on Yoda on Dagobah. He's like, what the crap are you talking about? I don't know who Yoda is. Well, he didn't mention Yoda in this. I know that's what's wonky about it. If he ran into a dude that's a Force or Jedi collector or whatever, he would know who Yoda is. I don't, I don't know. I think that's I think that's like there's so many there's so many Jedi's. Why mention just one? Because Yoda's the most famous one. But he didn't mention one Jedi. Would there be any uh, circumstance he would mention Yoda, though? You would yeah. think. I'm like, I mean, in, in this, in what happened, there was no reason to really bring him up. Yeah. Like, he didn't walk him around the room and go, this was this, this was yeah, that. Oh, and by the way, there's Yoda. I get yeah. that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I guess we'll see. I kind of do want to see the next issue just to see what the heck Luke is fighting on that cover. Yeah. From that next one. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. Too, he looks kind of crazy. I thought that was a rancor with horns. He looks kind of like Maul. <laughs> well, I'm all caught up, and I'm I'm saying, you know, if I had the money, I probably would continue to read this. But yeah. there are other things I'd rather read if I yeah. if I have disposable game. income for comic books. Yeah, I would. Oh, pick this. Yeah. Book up. yeah, like like if comic books were free, I'd read this all the time. Yeah. I can't say I would buy it, but I would read it for free all the time. I have bought it. I just don't know if I'd buy it again. Yeah. Uh, I think I think a team that works on a comic book helps each other out in their weak weak spots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The dialogue might not be the best in certain spots, mm-hmm. but the storytelling's so good and the colorist is so bright. Oh yeah. You know, it helps pick up the weak things. And with the concepts, like I said, I never had. Uh, I don't know much about Han Solo besides the movies, so all this is very new to me. Yeah, and I like how well, they brought the old personalities into some. They caught that, and they and they they caught the personalities of Luke. I like how they brought a a hut into this. I love Jabba the Hutt. So like, oh yeah, I love the hut. lights too. It's kind of cool. Mm. Those little crystals remind me of Dark Crystal. So I'm all, uh, yeah. I'm all about it. Well, anytime, then, anytime I review anything, I always try to find goods and bads about it and stuff like that. And while I'm not real crazy about this comic book series, 
Like, I gotta admit, there's stuff about it that I like. I like, like you said, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful comic book. I like that they're at least trying to make Star Wars comic books still. Um, I like some of the designs in here. Yeah. I like um, the whole part with Luke with the, the hut, dude. I like that part of the story way better than I like the Han Solo and Sana and Princess Leia because all of those parts, I felt like they could have done all of that in about one scene. Yeah. And they stretched that out to two issues. Yeah. Because that chick popped up at the end that. of issue seven, right? Yeah. Right, Rob? Yes. Like she pops seven. up in the last page of seven. Yeah. And then it's like you spend all of eight them just arguing in a field. And you never find out what the hell is going on. No. Nothing's resolved. And it's just, to me, it feels like I'm being strung along for my $3 every month. Yeah. It was like, cool like that she did deal. blow up the shift. That was one scene. That's it, though. The second scene, they're arguing again. And yeah. then Leia, Leia takes over. Yeah. So that's cool. And then she's and then, just like, I'll help you out. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me. It's like, okay, yeah, we're buddies now. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know if it was like that. I think it was she didn't know what the situation was, the the uh, the girlfriend or the wife. Yeah. And once she obviously has some kind of care for Han Solo, so she couldn't rat him out because now she realizes like, oh shit, well, if I rat her out, they're going to grab him too. And I have some kind of bond feeling or worth on his head. Yeah. Child support. I can't do that. Would Child you support. Got- What'd you say? Child support. Would, yeah. you, would you guys recommend this comic? I no. yeah. All right. I wouldn't. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break real quick. All right. And then we'll come back. And uh, we got our game show coming up. Woo! How well do you know geek? You guys excited? Oh, yeah. Excited. All right. Be right back after these messages. A triple great pleasure is waiting for you. Pleasure from what geeks do. A triple great feeling when you are blue. What geeks do's the one for you. Triple fresh, triple smooth, triple the pleasure for you. A triple great feeling for you at what geeks do. Check out what geeks do on iTunes, YouTube. And whatgeeksdo.com. It's time for How Well Do You Know Your Geek? Where geeks battle against one another with the hopes of knowing their friends better than anyone. And here's your host, Pizza! Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you guys are just too much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is How Well Do You Know Your Geek, where the geeks represent our Planet Home contestants. Here's our first contestant, Rockin' Rashim Beats, represented by No Job Rob. I got this, Beats, I got this. Next up is Triple D, Diana Duke Davis, represented by Charles Monster Force Marsh. Never fear, my lady, I've got ya. Last, but certainly not least, we have Samuel the Smackdown Murdoch, represented by myself, Wild Dog Pizza! Samuel Murdoch, I got you, baby. I'm going to win this for you. 
Each geek will be asked a multiple choice question, and the other geek will try to guess that geek's answer. How well do we know each other? Listen in and find out. Question number one. This question is for Charles Monster Force Marge and Wild Dog Pizza. If no job Rob were in a zombie apocalypse, what character from AMC's The Walking Dead would he want as a survival partner? Rick, Daryl, Carol, or Morgan? Charles Monster Force Marge will have the honor of going first. All right. Out of these guys. Uh, I don't think, I don't think Rob would pick Carol because Carol's kind of loopy. Rob's not loopy. Rob's thinking about survival. Who would he want to survive with? And we've also seen that Carol will knife you. So I don't think, I don't think he would pick Carol as a survival partner. Morgan's the same way. We don't know much about Morgan so far. So like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he would trust either Carol or Morgan. Um, Rick is far too structured for Rob. Like he would, he would drive Rob nuts because Rob likes to make his own rules. So I'm picking Daryl for my choice for him. Hmm, that's pretty good. I'm gonna say Morgan's really good with combat. He fought off those dudes, and he looks like he can handle a lot more. But he is crazy, from what we've seen of him. Um, based in the last episode that just launched, he seemed like he was the same one over Rick. Um, Carol, it'd be fun to hang out with a girl. Uh, I like, I like to, I would think, you know, he might get lonely in that aspect. He's not bad looking. Um, <laughs> that's a possibility, you know? Uh, and she's like, if anybody out of anybody, she's the one that saved the most people on this whole show. Mm. Um, Daryl, I see Rob looking up to Daryl only because he wants to be like Daryl, I think. I think he visions himself as Daryl. So maybe he'd want to, um, but there's not going to be much conversation there. It's going to be boring as shit. Um, Rick, Rick, I think, is the best person that's going to survive. And if you're really thinking about your life and not your ego, sex, and wondering what the fuck's going to go on, I would say your best bet, and hopefully Rob's best bet, would be Rick. You're both wrong. Oh, all right. All right, so let me break it down for y'all. Break it down. Morgan, I don't really know that much about, and I guess he is a survivor, obviously, because he's, you know, hung in there that long, you know? Uh, Daryl is close. You know, because that mofo can hunt. And, like, he always be bringing home the dinner. So, like, that's a that's a strong point. <laughs> Rick? Rick a little kooky shoes at this point. So, uh, I'm going to have to go with Cal for two reasons. Because mm-hmm. she ain't afraid to kill, which is extremely important in this apocalyptic zombie apocalypse world. And uh, she's a female. So Heck yeah, and not a bad looking one at that. So I would say I would say Carol it would be my pick. Good pick. And she's badass, and she's a female. Yeah, and I guess like, you get. If I, I got uh, the same thing, it's like the same thing as Rick, except with you know, 
She's a female, I guess. Well, I gotta repopulate the world once, you know. She's she's like Rick with boobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Carol on that one, guys. Cool. Yeah. Nice. It's my pick. Question number two. This one goes out to No Job Rob and Wild Dog Pizza. If Charles were granted superpowers for one day, which out of these four abilities would he want? To fly, to be invisible, to teleport, or to have mind control? Rob will have the honors to go first. Uh, well, uh, I would say flying ra- probably ain't Charles's thing. Uh, he seems more grounded, you know? Uh, so if they scratch that, uh, invisibility, whoa, wait, wait, wait. what were the other ones? Uh, teleport and teleport mind control. And mind control. All right. Teleporting, I don't think he even wants to leave where he's at. So that probably ain't going to work. And he probably wouldn't pick that. Mind control, it's tempting because I think he'd be into like controlling some like, you know, minds. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm going to go with invisibility on this one if I'm being completely honest. I would okay. say he want to be invisible so he can get a little, like, you know, behind the scenes, if you know what I'm talking about. A little behind the scenes, you know? All right, so you're going to go with two? I'm going to go with two. All right. I see flying. I don't I don't see him being really that active with something like that. So I'm going to scratch off flying. He is kind of, he got the great grounded. Um, invisibility. Teleportation, uh, I could see him wanting to do that, you know, just to get because he's always traveling the car, takes forever to get wherever he needs to go where he lives. So that's that's a good possibility. Mind control, he wouldn't do that to others. Uh, his moral base wouldn't allow that. Um, invisibility, hmm, I think he would like to be invisible and not and not be seen. At the same time, the teleporting thing, it'd be nice to get somewhere without having to fucking make a whole day out of it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to say uh, invisibility. Huh? I don't know. I think he can handle people. Uh, I'm going to say teleportation. All right. And I'm going with invisibility. And the answer is teleportation. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, pizza got that one. Yes, Daniel, I got this. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Teleportation, huh? Yeah, I hate driving. Yeah, me too. And and actually, guys, my second choice would have been to fly. Because I've always wanted to fly. I was way off. Yep. Shit, man. I thought you wanted to be invisible. Go see the honeys. Nah, nah. Get you some honeys. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I would like to be invisible so I could walk in someplace and pocket a bunch of money. all right question number three this goes out to charles monster force marge and no job rob if pizza were able to visit the land of Ooh, what adventure time character would he want to spend his adventures with finn jake ice king or marceline you go for it rob uh i would say marceline would Probably not be his style because she's a little 
vicious. He's a sensitive dude. Uh, I would say Ice King. I just don't. Uh, I think he'd be entertaining for pizza for like an hour. And then he'd be like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> Jake and Finn. Hmm. This is, uh, if anything, it's one of these two. I would say I almost went with Finn because I think he would find Finn to be entertaining because he's, he's goofy and fun. But I would say he'd want Jake so he could do all types of other fun shit. And he's a little goofy, too, because Jake, you know, he transforms into all different things. And I think pizza would enjoy that. <laughs> I would go with Jake. Okay. Um, let's see. Ice King's definitely a no because nobody wants to hang out with Ice King. I mean, he's got cool powers and everything, but I know that pizza does not like the cold. He has told me time and time again that cold is not his thing. So Ice King's a no. Marceline... She makes cool music and everything, and she's kind of cute and all that kind of stuff, but she's also a wackadoo chick. Like, she is absolutely wackadoo. She'll turn on you in a heartbeat, and she's all fickle and stuff. Mm. Jake would be a cool buddy to have because of the shape-shifting and all that, and he he makes cool music. But I got to go with Finn because Finn, Finn rocks the thickest beats like he's always coming up with the coolest songs and stuff and he swallowed that little robot that time and now he has a vocoder <laughs> so I'm gonna say Finn alright Marceline <clears throat> I don't even think I don't even know if she would like me who knows she just she seems like she could be aggravated that day or want to play jokes on me or even bite my ass <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna say no to Marceline um, Ice King actually would be my second pick because I just, he's my favorite bad guy and uh, he's actually my second favorite character. And um, I don't know. I just think it would be fun to hang out with him and tell him to do like ice stuff because I know how to play that guy. And I'd be like, think he's so cool. And I'd, and that guy would be like, yeah, you think this is cool? And he would do all this fun stuff. You like ice stuff too. I love ice stuff. So, but, um, but I do, but it's not him. Uh, Finn, I think would wear me out way too quick and I'm an old dude now and maybe back in the day I would be able to hang out with him, but oh, not yeah. enough. But Jake, I would just, I would want a Jake suit and I would be invincible for the day and do fun stuff. That would be the best time ever. <laughs> no job got that shit for the beats. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Ow. Two. Mark that down. Whoop, whoop. This next one goes out to Charles Monsforce Marge and myself, Wild Dog Pizza. Question number four. If Rob were forced to go in the ring with a WWF wrestler, which out of these four would he pick? Earthquake, Andre the Giant, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, or Jake the Snake Roberts? I'm going to say... Shit. He definitely doesn't want his hair cut. <laughs> he's he's gonna end up looking like an asshole. All right. He I don't know how good he is with snakes, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing he's not gonna want that thing on him either. Um, he might have a chance of winning at Jake the Snake Roberts and Bruce Barbecue Cake, 
composed to giant and earthquake, mm. but I still don't think he's going to take that chance. Uh, I don't think he wants earthquake doing that drop on him because he might, he might just kill Rob. <laughs> Andre the giant. Oh, shit. I don't know, man. This is a tough one. He's going to get destroyed by bo- either one of those two. Um, I'm going to say Bruce the Bar Beefcake because the worst thing that could happen is his hair gets cut and he grows it back and he, he's ashamed of himself that night. <laughs> what do you think, Marsh? All right. <clears throat> Earthquake. I don't know, that's an extreme possibility because we do know that Rob likes the chubs. <laughs> 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 nah, I don't think it's going to be Earthquake or Andre because those guys are just large. Um, Of course, Brutus and Jake are large too, but they're a different variety of large. The and and you're gonna have to deal with whatever the act is that goes along with it. And I think, I think that Rob would much rather deal with having a snake on him than having his hair cut. So my answer is gonna be Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, you're both wrong. Yeah, yeah. Sorry guys. Who'd you pick? All right. First off, I ain't fucking with earthquake. <laughs> that dude is massive. Second off, ain't fucking with Andre. That dude is massive. Those are two dudes I don't want to get in the ring with. Huh? All right, I'm not, not. I'm not really that afraid of snakes, but I still don't want that shit wrapped around my neck. So, like, I'm gonna skip out on Jake the snake, and I'm saying I need a haircut. So, like, you know, Brutus was my ass. You know, he'd be doing me a favor. Yeah, <laughs> that's you didn't that's get what, that, did you? Yeah, I did. I yeah, picked Bruce Barbecue. Oh, he picked Brutus. Yep. You know so, I did. That's a check. That's a check. I thought he picked. Uh, he said Brutus the Barber Beef. I thought he said. I thought he said I wouldn't want a haircut. No, uh, uh-uh. he said he said that at first, and then he was like, "Okay, Jake," and he was like, "I'm gonna have to go with Brutus the Barber." Oh shit, my bad. Yeah. Cool. So you, pizza you gets a win. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one goes out to Wild Dog Pizza, myself, and Robert. No job, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no job, Rob. Right. Question number five. If Charles Marsh was working for DC Comics and he were told he had to pick a title that would be canceled forever. Which out of these four titles would Charles cancel? The Green Lantern, Nightwing, The Flash, or Wonder Woman? Huh. No job, Rob. Feel free to go first. I'll go first. <laughs> I would say forever and ever. Mm-hmm. I would say he's probably not going to pick Wonder Woman for the obvious facts. Is that Wonder Woman is so iconic? It's a woman. It wouldn't be right. I don't think he's picking Wonder Woman. Green Lantern again, iconic, powerful, one of the most important characters in the universe. I don't see him picking Green Lantern. The Flash is an original, you know. You go way back with the Flash. Through time, I would say he'd probably pick Nightwing because. He's a later character. He probably doesn't have the same attachment as he does to the other three because the other three are... I mean, not that Nightwing's not been around for a while, but he hasn't been around as long. 
I would say I'm, I'm going to pick Nightwing. No jobs picking Nightwing. All right. I'm going to say Green Lantern, The Flash, Woman, Wonder Woman, all iconic. You can't get rid of Wonder Woman because basically that's like the number one w- women's character for DC. Yeah. Um, Flash, um, he's he's probably one of the coolest characters in DC, so that would be kind of weird to get rid of him. Green Lantern, Green Lantern, it's like, it's so vast. Like the the whole world is so big, and he's awesome. Nightwing. If you cancel Nightwing, he's gonna show up in Batman's book. <laughs> so it's like you're still getting him. So I'm gonna say Nightwing. Nightwing. We both pick Nightwing. You're both right. <laughs> oh! So we both get a point. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah you both get a point for okay. that one. And, and you were all right. Down. Your answers were all right. Like you just you can't get rid of the classic dude. Yeah. And and you nailed it with the whole thing about Nightwing being in Batman still. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Alright. This next question is for Charles Monster Force Marge and No Job Rob. Question number six. Out of these four universal monsters. Which one story does pizza find the most interesting? Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula. I'll let you go first in this, Charles. All right. Hmm. All right. Which one does he find most interesting? Okay. Let me process of elimination this thing. All right. I don't think it's going to be Frankenstein because I don't know. He's just, he's a guy. That, I mean, I love Frankenstein and all, but he's a guy that's sewn together and reanimated. Eh. Can't really picture that. Um, maybe Dracula, but I've never really heard him go on and on about Dracula or anything like that. Um,. It's going to be Wolfman, a creature from the Black Lagoon, because I know he likes animals. I know he's real crazy about animal rights and stuff like that. So one of those two guys are very animal-like. But let's see. I don't think it's the Wolfman, because the Wolfman is like a created creature. Um, I would say creature from the Black Lagoon, because he's like, it's the story about this innocent creature that people kind of mess with and stuff like that. So... I'd pick Creature from the Black Lagoon. All right. Well, I would say Frankenstein. Nah, not. I would say Pizza ain't into that. Nah. I would say Dracula. That shit's kind of played. Pizza hates, you know, shit that's done over and over. It's close again. Like, I'm with you. Very close between the Wolfman and the Creature. But I'm going to have to agree with Marsh on the Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's who I would pick. Okay. So Frankenstein, I find him the least interesting. That's what I thought. You know, I like how, you know, his part at the end where the whole town turns against him and stuff like that. But I was never a huge fan of Frankenstein. Like, I like his design. It's That's cool. <laughs> um, uh, the Wolfman is pretty damn cool. Uh, I like how, you know... He's got a weakness. He's got uh, issues he's got to deal with. He doesn't want to be who he is. 
he's probably got a lady friend, shit like that. You know, that's <laughs> it's cool, but I'm gonna not say Wolfman just because I do like Creature from the Black Lagoon. I find him a bit more interesting. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is pretty cool because you know, just like the the movies that he's in. You know, he's he's in a swamp. He just looks awesome. His character design is great. He's my favorite character design out of all of them. Excuse me. But I'm going with Dracula mm, because really? I find Dracula the most interesting because he's a ladies' man. Dude can turn into a bat. He's got no <laughs> reflection. He's got girls in his pad. He's, you know, he drinks blood. He could, you know, uh, put you in a trance and take your ass home. Dracula's he's like so choice, interesting. Huh? You're going with yeah, Dracula? I didn't say favorite. I said most interesting. Uh, uh, we got it so wrong. That's a point for, point for pizza. Uh, point what for do we got? Pizza. Is that the so end? So we got zero for Marsh. Woo! <laughs> Rob's got three. Woo! Pizza's got four. You got four really? Samuel Murdoch. The SmackDown. So, Murdoch's the winner. Is the winner. Yeah. And that's our winner. Woo. Tell them what they won, Bob. Our winner today will receive a free single character commission on 11 by 17 inch comic board, penciled and inked by the greatest Chris Facone. And that's another episode of How Well Do You Know Your Geek? Stay tuned next time. Here's Milky, the marvelous milking cow. It's fun to milk her, gonna do it right now. She drinks the water when we pump her tail. She's raising her head, it's milking time now. Her pretend milk is a feeling the pail. She drinks water, I guess pretend milk. Milky, the marvelous milking cow. Milky, the marvelous milking cow with pretend milk tablets. She's new from Kenner. This is Transformer Bios. Hello, Transformers fans. Ah, tonight's Transformer is Motormaster. That's a perfect intro point. (laughs) (laughs) He is, in case you didn't know, a Decepticon. And he is of the subgroup Stunticons. Can you guess what his function is, guys? (laughs) (laughs) no he's the stunticon leader right his first appearance was transformers number 22 now this is a guy that's like a giant truck right yeah he's he's like he's like optimus prime sorta when he's like in his truck mode but he transforms completely differently is he all gray yeah i know this dude yeah he's got a big block head yes yeah all right, his motto or low or uh, uh, yeah, that is um, these <laughs> wheels are made for crushing, and that's what he's gonna do. These <laughs> wheels are made for crushing, and he's crushing all over. Is that really his motto? It is. These wheels are made for crushing. Wow! Like that was one of Bob Budiansky's like bad days. He was just like, I gotta come up with something this guy's gonna say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm on the radio right now. All right. So his profile. On the road, there is not a 16-ton hunk of rolling steel more cold and cruel than Motormaster. We're already off to a good start. Mm-hmm. He shows mercy to none, least of all the unfortunate human drivers who happen to be sharing a highway with him. 
He'll brutally barrel through any traffic tie-up. Now, this is it. I love this line right here. He'd even roll over a baby carriage if it were in his way. (laughs) This This is a cold, cold, cold dude. He is cold. Mm -hmm. Cold bloody. (laughs) He doesn't care. He knows nothing on wheels can survive a collision with him, except perhaps Autobot leader Optimus Prime. And Motormaster would give you an argument on that. In fact, he looks forward to that very confrontation so he can destroy Optimus and claim without reservation that he is king of the road. Whoa. He thinks he could take Optimus? Oh, yeah. Like, there's always supposed to be a rivalry between him and Optimus. Really? That's pretty cool. I don't think they played that up in the cartoon much. I'm not sure. I'm I'm still working on season two now, so. Why? Because they're both big-ass trucks? Yeah, Uh I think so. I think it was that that was like the natural thing. If you got the toy of him, just kind of smashing into Optimus. Was he as big as? I don't one, think or, so. Or he was a lot smaller, right? Yeah, I think he was smaller. They were Constructicon type dudes. That's yeah, well, he was bigger than a Constructicon because he was like at this point. This was he was part of that Scramble City thing, where basically it was kind of like Combiner Wars the first time around, where they had like a core robot, and then you could put different robots on him to make it. So, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, he was the core, and you could put the aerial bots on him. You could put um, the stunicons. You could put the, uh, oh, what are the war ones? Combaticons. All of those. I think they were interchangeable. He's got Napoleon complex because Optimus is bigger than his size. Ah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, you oh, see, in the show. Toy form. They're, not, they're about the same size in, in yeah, the cartoon, in right? The- what? Yeah, in the show they were supposed to be about the same size. Yeah, oh, right? if not, really? if not, he was a little bit bigger because he was—he's a cab over like Prime, but Prime was a day cab, mm. like or day hauler. Like in other words, he didn't have the the big sleeping chamber in the back and all. But Motormaster did. Motormaster had like an extended cab over cab. Uh, I think Optimus a little bigger. Now he's in the new game they just announced. Yeah. Oh, that'll be cool. He's in that I new video game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. They got like everybody in that game. Yeah, he was supposed to be bigger than Prime, but I don't, I, I don't know. I think Prime would give him a Prime's run. a little bigger though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was bigger than him. I just think Prime was like more of a badass. He's to fight, yeah, man, more of a. And man. not just because I like Optimus, just like Optimus probably would tough. whoop his ass. More of a robot man. So. Um, let's see. Um, his Stunicon followers tremble before his commands which he gives with a thundering voice that has the hollow, doom-laden tone of an echo from a bottomless well. Whoa. Mm. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my they hate him, but they fear him too much to disobey him. Damn, he's a dick. Yeah, well, he's pretty bad. Who fear? Megatron don't fear him now, right? No, no we're Megatron just talking about his boys that he commands. He's a boy, yeah. his little boys. Yeah. All right. Abilities. In truck mode, Motormaster is virtually unstoppable. At his top speed of 140 miles per hour, he can ram a 20-foot thick block of concrete and crumble it without cracking a headlight. Hmm. Hold on. A 20-foot thick? Uh Uh-huh. That's That's pretty thick. thick. Yeah. 20-foot thick? Uh Uh-huh. Or 20-foot high. That's crazy. Bob was... Tearing up some serious plants when he was writing this stuff. Maybe he could beat Optimus <laughs> Prime after no, saying something on, like man. that. You can't do that. 
Yeah. Optimus could probably do that, right? Yeah. But you have to remember, like, all of these stats that Budiansky wrote were, like, way over the top. Like, they were, they were supposed, like, the Transformers, the way he wrote it, like, if you, if you read the first few issues of Transformers, like, the Transformers were virtually unstoppable by our standards. Like, there's a scene in, I think it's, like, the third or fourth issue of the original run. Megatron, like, the army is, like, gathered outside of the the Decepticon's base. And they're, like, you know, they're demanding that Megatron come out and surrender or whatever. Megatron walks out there into the middle of, we got, like, all these tanks and everything. And they just start firing, like, bam, 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 bam. They're just shooting on him, shooting on him, shooting on him. And the smoke clears. And he's standing there without a scratch on him. And he says one thing. He goes, ha! And turns around and walks back into the base. Wow. So what do you what are you saying? That they're they're none of them can beat each other up because they're all invincible? That's kind of well, no, now the comic books, it was like they could kill each other. Like they'd rip each other apart, but we don't have any chance of doing anything to them. Like yeah. they're super tough. Well, that's no, what I meant. So this what we're doing right now is paying tribute to Bob. The comics. And Oh. We're paying tribute to Bob's bios because he's yeah. the one that yeah. created them. Yeah. So in it's, this canon, yeah, would how tough is this guy? Really tough. Not compared to any other thing, but in this canon, he's really tough. Yeah, he's really tough. He fucks shit up. Yeah. Because yeah. see, when when Bob was writing the Transformers, the Autobots constantly got their butts handed to him. Mm-hmm. Like they were getting their butts kicked left and right. Like. Oh, the, Decepticon, the Decepticons kind of outmatch them in military prowess and weaponry and all that, but the Autobots just wouldn't quit. Like they were, they strived to win that war because they none of them wanted to fight the war. They had heart, and they they made that. Yeah, they had they had heart, and it was like to them they had to win or die. You know, like there was no like the Decepticons at any time could have quit what they were doing. What's like the Decepticons was, problem, man? Why are they always interfering? Why in the like- comic books, what it was, they were created as the military versions, and at some point they found that they were more powerful, and they abandoned their posts of defending the planet of Cybertron and because there was no threats from the outside, yeah. and they just started fighting in amongst themselves, and they were eradicating the Autobots. Oh. Like It was almost like a Nazi type thing yeah. where they were you know, just getting rid of them. And the Autobots had to fight. They didn't have any choice. So, Crazy. So that's yeah, how the Autobots bad. wind up yeah. down here on Earth yeah. Yeah. with us. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, in robot mode, he has enormous strength and carries an autom- auto smasher cannon. Atom smasher. My bad. An atom smasher cannon, which shoots a high energy beam of protons that can shred all but the densest materials. Damn. Yeah, he combines he's ripping with through Autobots fel- like it's nothing. What now? So he's ripping through Autobots like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, he's supposed to be a pretty bad dude. Um, but what was funny was he wrote them so tough and all that when they actually were in the comic book, it was like nothing really matched up because they, who knew who would be able to kill who? Yeah, like they were all super tough. So they just like it kind of he kind of threw his own rules out the window sometimes. In the comic books, because, you know, you'd have, like, a normal dude beat the crap out of a big dude. So, um, he combines with his fellow Stunicons to form the giant robot Minosaur. Um, Probably hard to write stories when all the dudes are, like, equal strength, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And so, it was, it was kind of scrapped early on, because 
And another thing too is like they quickly found like humans that could hurt them. So like those first few, which I looking back at I found some of my old Transformers comic books and Bob Budiansky actually didn't write the first few issues of Transformers. Who was the writer? Like, it was Jim Salakrup. Oh. Yeah. He didn't write the first few. He's he picked it up after the miniseries was over. Because Transformers was was originally planned to only be a four issue miniseries. Weird. And what happened was response to it was so huge that at the very end of the fourth issue, like they had this big epic battle between the Autobots and Decepticons. And like Megatron had done this thing where they they siphoned the energy out of oh no no no, that's what it was. He had he had used Spike's dad, you know, Spark Plug. Yeah. And he had gotten Spark Plug to rig them up this super powerful energon. And it made them way tougher. And they were kicking the crap out of the Autobots because the Autobots had already been all damaged up and everything. Yeah. And they were fighting. I think they were fighting. I can't remember exactly where it was. It might have been at the Decepticon base. It might have been at the Ark. But they were fighting inside this cave. And they were beating the crap out of each other. But the Decepticons were beating the mud out of the Autobots. And like Optimus Prime got his arm chomped off by... Um, uh, laser beak. Damn, really? Shot off. He had it shot off or chomped off one. I can't remember. But he had his arm was missing. And they had this big fight. And the Decepticons were beating the crap out of him. And all of a sudden, the Decepticons started like grabbing their stomachs and stuff like that. And they were like, Aah! and what it was was Spark Plug had rigged up their energy with something that would tear them apart. Oh. And they started falling over. And then Optimus Prime was like, all right, we won. And, like, he stands up, and he's got his arm ripped off and everything. And the next thing you know, this big blast, kaboom, blows through the side of the the cave that they're in. Yeah. And it's shockwave, and he just decimated them all. Really? What? Yeah. Like, they Holy hadn't even God. had, like, they mentioned him earlier in the story that he was this rogue Decepticon that had crash-landed on Earth, like, millennia ago. And then he just goes missing from the records and stuff. And then the next thing you know, he's there and he blows them up. And the very last panel in the comic book is him standing up there on top of the destroyed Autobots. And he's like, you know. Oh, I think I remember that cover. And then they were like, that's, you know, they're like, stay stay tuned for the next issue, issue five. Yeah. And when issue five came out, it was so cool because on the cover, it was this awesome painting of Shockwave. And the, the cover said the Transformers, like normal, and it said part five in a four-part miniseries. And then underneath where it said Transformers, he had he had blasted onto the wall the words, are all dead. Oh, I saw that cover. Yeah, yeah. and that was, that was how the regular series started up. And I think Bob Budiansky, either there or soon after, he took over writing it. Wow. Yeah, Shockwave's shit. They just came out with, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, I yes. posted pictures of them. Oh, yeah. The car is finally getting around to making Shockwave. Uh, he looks pretty cool. I, yeah, I like to see what he looks like when he's all colored in, but uh, he looks pretty damn cool, man. So that was the first two episodes issues? Hmm? You said four. the first two. First four, oh, first right? four issues. Four, yeah, because it was supposed to be a four-issue miniseries. And then the, they end, and I remember that when I was a kid, like, because we had been, Trip and I, my, my buddy Trip, we had both been collecting that series. Like, he had, uh, uh, like, he would have an issue, I'd have the next issue, he'd have another issue. But I got issue 
four. And I remember getting it from like there was a little gas station not too far from his house that sold comic books. And they had arcade games in there, which, God, I miss the 80s. But um, went in there and got issue four, and we were looking at it. Like, I think it was like we were looking at it at the same time. And it gets to that last page, and it's like, what? Because we were expecting that to be the end of the thing. Yeah. And then it's just like he just takes out all the Autobots. And the next few issues, Shockwave is leading the Decepticons, and Megatron's been displaced as the leader. And so what happens is basically I'm trying to remember what he did with Megatron during that time, but he, he really put him in a low down position. Like Megatron had to rally the Decepticons back and they had to, Does, he had this big epic Shockwave battle. Doesn't Shockwave beat the fucking living shit out of Megatron? What now? Doesn't Shockwave beat the hell out of Megatron? Yeah. Oh yeah. He beats the mud out of him when they have this big fight. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Shockwave could take Megatron? Shockwave was supposed to be like one of the big bad dudes yeah. in that comic book. Like he was impressively bad news. Really? I he was always like, liked him. What? I always liked him. Yeah, he, he was cool. Too. He's a cool looking robot. He's my, rem- probably my second favorite. Yeah, he was a fun robot because he was he had really superposable arms for back then. You know, like he was like the only figure that you can actually play with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Trip Trip had him, but Trip had a knockoff version of him. I think because his was like gray. Wasn't, wasn't he purple? Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a knockoff version of him. He was like purple and gray, right? I think, yeah, uh, dependent, uh, what company does it. Cause I think when they released, um, shockwave of the third party, he came in gray too. Okay. But so that might've been was. why, I don't know if, you know, it might've been just a nod to the, the knockoff. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I know. I know that he had that one and it was grayish colored. But he was so much fun. Like I remember that dude, and he had that big cord that came over his shoulder to the gun on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, he was cool. That big backpack on the back. He always had those big tits, though, man. That's the only thing I didn't <laughs> like. Uh, I wish they would just take that out. It's like with the, the Master Universe figures, you got the belly shirts. And with the Transformers, they all have tits. I always yeah, hate those I was, robot titties. Yeah, huh? robot titties are all right. I always like the robot like, titties. Like, uh, who is that, Prowl? That dude got such big mm-hmm. tits. Yeah, it's like this. Well, all of the Dotson brothers had big boobies. Yeah, I, that's why I never really got into those figures because I just couldn't get past their chest. I love them. Like, any of them that have, like, big chunks of a car off of them, I love it. Tigger like, Jazz. Nose. Jazz had the big car boobies, too. Yeah. Jazz's figure looks great, though, because it's... Yeah, his, his was shorter, yeah. Yeah, his were tucked in a little bit. So you're telling me, Pizza, you don't like cut-off shirts or tits? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gordon who's wearing them, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying to me here. It's according to. I kind of like the cut-off shirts in the Master of the Universe. It reminds me of the 80s. I love you know? that stuff. Got an the 80s bear feel. Midriff. No, I didn't, I didn't mind, like... That's a nice breeze. I didn't mind, like, some of them, but, like, Terror, Terror Claw Skeletor, it was like he had a bra on. That yeah. was a sports bra, and it was manly. That's how they roll in the tournament. Yeah, that, that, they, and I thought they were going to fix that when they made the classics figure, nah, but they didn't. Nah, I love that they didn't. Like, I, w- I would have been so disappointed if they had not made him look like the most fabulous Skeletor <laughs> in the world. So he, yeah. they didn't change it? <laughs> no. Someone else like had a weird toy. outfit, too. I think it was, uh, wasn't it Squeeze had a bra on, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only person that can really pull that off 
is like the Legion of Doom or Road Pig. Road Pig. Oh, oh, you're talking about like, okay, in wrestling? Yeah, or Road Pig from G.I. Joe. They had right, like that. Did Road Pig have like his abs cut out though in the armor? No, Road Pig, his stomachs were showing. Yeah, he had bare midriff, man. He was sporting. Yeah, he was. His yeah. midriff was showing. Yeah, yep. dude's no joke. He's, He's like, check out this gut, ladies. Okay. We well, yeah. got all the chicks, so much. Which is worked. coincidentally my my pickup line I use all the time. Yeah. With that haircut, you know he's macking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the red stripe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Ladies love the red stripe. Dude, and he's got a a friggin' hammer with a brick of uh concrete brick attached to it. Bust you he, wide open. He had that perfect lunch lady face too. <laughs> he did. He, did. he really did. He had that lunch lady. Never face. thought of that, but you're right. But think how heavy like. One of those concrete bricks. What are they like? Twenty-five pounds each, maybe yeah. even more sometimes. Those oh, bricks. We've, we've yeah. been we've been hauling those around quite a bit, working on this storage building here. At and least. he's swinging that shit around like it's on a stick, mm-hmm. like it's a candy cane. I'll bust you up. He was a huge man. Yeah, he was. Big. Uh, like he pick it up and fling it around like you'd pick up a ruler and fling it around. He was like the biggest uh, GI Joe figure too. Like the he was, he was the biggest for a while. I know. Rope I know was one the of my the fridge figure was pretty big. Yeah, he was big too. Yeah, I had fridge too. Roblox. I mean, um, what space was bigger? Rope. But oh, then really? they still, yeah. Then they uh, the only one that was bigger is E Honda. Oh yeah, know, that's right. I don't know if that like, counts. I don't remember that big clip. old gut. Yeah. Oh, he's a fat boy. Yeah, they gave yeah. um uh Blanca's body to uh they gave um Roe Pig's body yeah. to Blanca. That's right. That's right. Now later on in the G.I. Joe stuff that they did like in the early two thousands or whatever, they had a line and it was like they were kind of slipping into Cobra Law territory, which was fine by me because I love Cobra Law. But uh. they did they did this thing where it was like uh I can't remember what the name of the series was, but Cobra was splicing DNA with like animals and stuff like that. (laughs) And so they were making troopers that had animal like features. And so they had like, like their desert troopers, they blended them with the DNA of scorpions. So they could like, they could tunnel underground and stuff like that. But the thing out of that whole line that I really liked, they had this guy that was like the leader of the animal people. And I can't remember what his name was, but he was huge. The action figure was massive for a G.I. Joe figure. Like, he was still in scale with the G.I. Joes. Like, he was like, he was like, you know, like most G.I. Joes were like 3.75 inches or something, like like three and three quarter inches. He was like over four inches tall and he was beefy. And it was like, he just looked so cool. this character? I don't remember. I don't know. I'll find pictures of it later and show you. That's interesting. Yeah, he, he, he was really cool. Like he had long hair and he wore this armor that was like bronze looking armor. And, um, he was just beefy as crap. And I, and he was hard to find too. Like I managed to find him eventually, but that's interesting to me. He was kind of like, he was kind of like Serpentor where he had like the golden armor and he had a cape, stuff like that. Shit. Who is this? This was, this was way late. This would have been like in, 2003 or 2004 or something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, this wasn't in the back in the day GI okay. Joe's. I wouldn't probably know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll find a picture of it later and send it to but you. If they got a cool figure, I want to check him out. Yeah, he was he was pretty cool. Like he was big. Like he he was so big he made Road Pig look like a kid. 
Really? He was yeah, he was huge. Who was your uh, favorite viper? Who me? Anyone. Oh. Um Oh, I know my favorite. Who's the orange and the blue one? That was well, there's a couple of orange and blue. Alley ones. Viper. Yeah, the Alley I, Viper. I think I liked the, Alley Viper the best. Yeah, Alley yeah, Viper. Yeah. Cool. He, he came with that shield. Yeah, that's yeah, what he I came like. with a shield on his face too. And he had that flip down, yeah, that visor thing on his face. We used to make him yes. so tough, like he, because we only had one of him. Yeah. And so we used to, actually we only had one of all the Vipers. I think we had a couple of some of the, the regular troopers, but when we were little, we used to make those guys into like bosses. Like it was kind of like Merman and Beastman, where they, to Skeletor. They were like, you know, like selective warriors that were picked to go up against Snake Eyes and shit like that. Alley Viper. I remember Shockwave used to fight Alley Viper all the time. If if you got gojo.com, they've got a rundown of every G.I. Joe by year. That's so great. any of these guys you want to look at, they're on this site. And it's such a it's a good cool. site. Like I'm gonna plug them right here on the show. Yeah, Yojo.com is like the reference. Personal okay. working stew page too, so I can look it up. All right, I will. I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it oh, there were so many G.I. Joe's. Like you you'll go to look for like guys, and there's like I don't know, there's like freaking eighty versions of snake eyes or something like I that. I love it's that. Crazy. I gotta see that. I love how they were at different versions. That was so cool. You would get to see like the different versions of the characters. Like when Rock and Roll got his new body, I was like, dang, he's my favorite. I was having a tough time picking that year who my favorite was because I I loved uh, Outback. He was one of my favorites. Outback was sweet. My favorite Viper by far was the Night Viper. Night Viper was pretty cool. Yeah. I I think I like Target. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he came with that little jetpack. Yeah, this little jetpack. Jetpack fever. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, that's the end of what geeks do, episode thirteen. Yeah, one three. We made it past the unlucky number. We're all right. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Samuel Murdoch. Yeah, that's our Woo! winner tonight. And thank you for the support of all the fans that joined our contest and. Maybe next time to uh Heck yeah. We'll have more game shows on the show. And more winners. To the other guys. And uh I'm No Job Rob. This is Wild Dog Pizza. Episode thirteen. We're out. <laughs>